Welcome to the Cyber Guide, a security-focused podcast brought to you by Compass Cybersecurity. If you're a regular listener, thank you for coming back again. If this is your first time with us, we hope you enjoy this episode and welcome you to reach out to us with any questions. So this is Ron Nemus, the Chief Information Security Officer here at Compass with uh, Matt Voss, one of our lead security engineers. And uh, today we're going to dive into the CIA leaks that recently were headlines in the news. Um, personally, here in Baltimore, we're coming off uh, a little bit of a snowstorm, and that kind of is funny when you think about it, or, or maybe not. You know, snowstorm and the previous leak, uh, the, the previous case was NSA with Edward Snowden. So here we are again, you know, another major three letter agency having a, a large portion of data, and, and again, in this case, it was a, a large tool set of theirs uh, leaked out on WikiLeaks. So we'll, we'll touch on a few topics today. Uh, you know, first the first topic that we wanted to kind of touch on is is what does this mean from a, a vulnerability perspective? And in this case here, we see uh, a large number of, of zero days uh, that were that were leaked on WikiLeaks that the CIA had you know pretty much a, a treasure trove of. And and Matt, maybe you can touch on a little bit about you know why why is this so scary or, or threatening? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Ron. So the reason that this is threatening and scary is that we've essentially got a new batch of vulnerabilities that have been released in the wild. Uh, If you think about it as kind of almost like a zoo, these were animals that were behind cages, quarantined, and safe. But now that this information has been leaked, these vulnerabilities, these zero days, are out there for numerous attackers, numerous agencies, uh, multiple international agencies. There's just a, a whole bevy of new points that can now use these vulnerabilities that are aware of them. Uh, The previous administration had made the promise after Snowden that they were no longer going to be hoarding vulnerabilities or zero days. And here we can see whether this was something that the administration did purposely or this specific specific agency did, you know, kind of uh, anti-administration and held these zero days anyway. So these vulnerabilities now are a whole new series of threat vectors that everyone has to watch out for. Yeah, absolutely. And and this has a, a wide range of effects. So, you know, your your companies that deal in any type of uh, hardware or software, uh, you know, Google, Android, um, Dell, Adobe. So, you know, uh, some of these programs have set up what they call, you know, bug bounty programs where they'll, where they'll have, uh, you know, people basically try to break into their stuff. And, and if bugs are found, they'll, they'll get a, you know, a reward for that. Um, but again, this this exposes the public and and a lot of these big you know software companies uh, to to these zero days, which you know they don't know exist. Right, uh, right. Yeah, these these companies are doing they're doing the right thing by trying to get as many hands on. They're basically okay. So these companies are they're doing the right thing by essentially crowdsourcing vulnerability vulnerability discovery and, and vulnerability research. Uh, like you mentioned, there's you know multiple rewards and incentives to go after these bounties. And when the bounties are discovered, it makes the software better for every, every one of its users. So by hoarding these zero-day vulnerabilities, the CIA is basically ensuring that they have backdoors in, that they have the ability to uh, manipulate the software and exploit it uh, without anyone's knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and why this is so bad, and, and you know, in any of the, the assessments that we perform uh, typically when we look at, at networks and, and hardware and software network devices, um, you know, normally we'll come up with a... A list of vulnerabilities, but these are these vulnerabilities that we normally see are ones that you know there are patches for. 
and that can be fixed and, and secured. Uh, you know, the problem with kind of with the, with the CIA is these these aren't fixable. You right, know, they're the, the highest criticality vulnerabilities out there. Yeah, it's know? it's pretty pretty <laughs> scary. Um, so kind of shifting gears a little bit, and and you know. If, if you don't know these vulnerabilities exist in the first place, it's... How can you do anything to prevent them, how right? You how can it? you secure against them? Exactly. And then, you know, if they're not there and you don't know where they come from. So another another topic that is, is big with this the CIA leak is the attribution. So throughout this political uh, season, if you will, or political years, uh, we've seen a lot of hacks. And, and, you know, more recently, a lot of these have been uh, attributed to, to Russia. So... Right. Uh, you know the DNC server. Yeah. Um, you know it was all the all the agencies, and, and including the CIA. Yeah, everyone was pointing the fish the, the finger at Russia and state-sponsored you know cyber warfare. Exactly. And uh, it looks like that may not be the case after all. Right. So you know one of the big things coming out of the the CIA leak is that the CIA used their tools and then you know previous data that they had on on essentially on spying on on Russia's cyber uh, cyber actors. And then use that information to pose as as Russians right. in, in some of their attacks. Yeah, and so luckily, reading through all this this information in this Vault Seven release, um, one of the good things is that the CIA developed tools all have their own specific fingerprints. So digital forensics teams can actually now go out there and say, "Well, this is a CIA tool." And I think that's kind of how we we've, we've come full circle with the attribution is. Now that we know the fingerprints of these tools, we can re-examine the DNC hack and we see, hey, maybe this was actually the CIA, like you said, impersonating Russia, impersonating other state-sponsored, you know, hackers and using those tools here at home. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it, it does pose some more interesting questions. So how much did the FBI, the NSA, the CIA talk together? Um, you know, uh, again, in these, in these identifying these Russian attacks, right. you know, did did the FBI know that there was this CIA team out there? Yeah, and I, I think this. we could probably hedge our bets and say that they didn't, right? Mm -hmm. Because historically we know that these three agencies specifically, the NSA, the FBI, and the CIA, um, are competitive with one another, mm -hmm. um, almost to a, uh, you know, a very uh, antagonistic sense, right? So I, I don't think that there was too much data sharing going along, going, you know, happening amongst the agencies. Both ways, yeah. yeah. The uh, another interesting aspect of, of this, and, and again comparing it kind of to the, the NSA leak uh, from Snowden, is these the, the Internet of Things, um, you know, mobile devices and, and Samsung. I think when we when we saw the the Snowden leak, um, it was found out that we were you know the whole the Prism the NSA Prism mm -hmm. uh, that we were using mobile phones to to spy on some of our allies and right. uh, you know and, and some of our enemies, and then in this case again. You know, we see that these tools are embedded in, in Android phones, and and a, a little bit scarier is uh, is now your uh, your TVs. Right. Yeah. The, the any you know specifically the Samsung smart TVs, um, you know, were called out in this release, which is interesting because there's so many internet connected TVs that what's the specific reason that Samsung was chosen? Whether it was proliferation of the market, um, ease of getting a backdoor onto the machine, and if it was ease of getting a backdoor onto the machine, then how did that come about? Is this, you know, do we have actors in, in factories installing hardware or, or root kits at that level? Because um, the, the story has always been, you know, beware your Chinese devices because they have potential malware installed from China. And here that may not even be the case. Here it could be beware your devices because they could have CIA malware. 
Um, yeah, that is that's definitely an interesting point. I think with the, you know, in the case of the the Samsung one, I, be, I believe it was because it was had, you know it had a microphone on there. You know, uh, if you if you watched any any hacking movie or, or uh, you know the even the latest Snowden movie, you know, you see them covering up their camera, right? So mm-hmm. now, so you know, in the in previous years, we've we've kind of put that piece of tape over our camera. Um, you know, now how do we even know that, you know, without, without getting too scary here, how do we know that, you know, our microphone isn't, right. isn't listening? How and do we disable that? Yeah, and the the other thing, you know, the like you said, the tape over the camera, especially on laptops, everybody's kind of heard of that now, and it's common, right? Um, but with a microphone, you know, especially on so many devices, you can't even really tell that the microphone is there. Sometimes the microphone is in line with the speaker, and so it's hidden behind the speaker panel. It's not going to be an obvious find, and it's not going to be a necessarily obvious fix, you know, if you can even disable that within the software. Yeah. And uh, with the TVs particularly, you know, they were going into a false off state. So in terms of being a user, you would hit the power button on your remote, your TV would shut off, you would assume it was powered off, and that's not actually the case. So it's you really have to dig in and, and figure out how to how to prevent that at this point right yeah that's a whole new you know a whole new set of problems a whole new avenue it seems like mm-hmm. you know with with the cameras and to the to your point there you know you you always think that the camera is off because that little you know blue or orange light isn't on and, right. and you you might not see yourself on the uh you know on your computer but ag- again in this this you know leak of these hacks mm-hmm. um kind of shows that you know again it's it's getting harder and harder to 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 trust these, these these smart devices and these IoT devices, right, right, and that's I think I think that's the backlash we'll probably see with IoT as it becomes more uh, more ubiquitous and, and widespread. I think I think there's going to be a number of, of lawsuits in terms of users finding out that their data was stored or their data was tracked, and you know not having consented to that tracking. And then I think what we'll see is a complete swing in the opposite direction where, you know, you'll see manufacturers start advertising their devices as not having these additional technologies so that you don't have to worry about that kind of, a, of an issue, you know, like, right. hey, here's a plain TV. It's, it doesn't have Netflix. It doesn't have, you know, YouTube. It's just a television, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I, I completely agree. And kind of kind of switching to a more uh, a more positive note here, uh, you know, WikiLeaks did come out and say, you know, apparently this is this is only the first of, of many. Right. Um, but they do plan to work with a lot of the, the technology groups that we mentioned earlier and, and manufacturers to to at least, so all those those zero days can at least be, you know, given to them. Um, right. And, and be addressed. Hopefully. Exactly. And hopefully addressed um, and patched before, you know, the next the next treasure trove right. is released. And, and something to remember that, you know, from from having a defense background is that. This came from inside, right? This was a defense or, you know, CIA contractor or employee who felt an ethical obligation to get this data and get it out to WikiLeaks. This isn't something that WikiLeaks searches out or anything like that. Um, you know, and here we have to be thankful that this person had the ethical drive to give it to an organization like WikiLeaks instead of selling it to, you know, any foreign nation, you know, any foreign nation or, or foreign agency. Um, yeah, that's a very. So good we kind of dodged a bullet there. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Yeah, um, you know, again, this is the huge, huge privacy concerns, and mm-hmm. again, a very, I think between you know this and and the the, the Snowden Prism leak, uh, there's a lot of lot of similarities here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's taking a look at you know how far reaching should the government be in in their ability to you know wiretap or or look at you know devices, especially 
you know, publicly, you know, widely used yeah. devices. And especially an organization like the CIA, who I think their own charter, you know, specifies that they're not to be operating within the, the boundaries of the, con- of the United States. They're not to, supposed to work in the country. They're supposed to protect us from outside threats. And here they're perhaps our biggest internal threat. threat. Yeah, definitely. Well, Matt, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks and, uh, for having me. That was a, a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. That's it for this episode of The Cyber Guide. We thank you for listening and hope you'll join us next time for another security-focused podcast. Remember to subscribe to our channel if you've liked what you heard and pass it on to your colleagues. The Cyber Guide has been brought to you by Compass Cybersecurity. Compass takes a risk management approach to cybersecurity, examining the employees, policies, and technology within an organization to give a complete view of their cybersecurity infrastructure. For more information on Compass and their mission to shift the world's data to be safe and secure, visit us at www.compasscyber.com.